What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Laboratory, and we are all together for the first time in it feels like a while. Uh, I'm joined already by Maddie Lane, Craig Stout. Maddie, how are you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing good. We've been getting those five-star reviews coming in, <laughs> so make sure you guys throw those our way. Sling them in there. It's early so quick to possible. it. Besides that... I'm doing good. We started the summer of Spags this week. Craig got his first post out today, and I'm sure he wants to plug in himself, so I'm going to let him do that. I got another piece coming out soon. So, yeah, we're, we're doing good. We got the, the fun part of the offseason coming up where I spend countless hours holding a newborn watching Steve Spagnuolo film. That's Flash. the dream. I mean, that yeah, that, that sounds like a pretty sweet little deal you got going <laughs> there, Maddie. Yeah, he sleeps a lot. I get a lot done. Got the office in the background ready to go. Your daughter gave him up? For half a second? Well, she has to go to bed at some time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She doesn't okay. nap during the day, so she that, falls asleep. That makes early. one of our kids. <laughs> but <laughs> uh Yeah. Oh, go, Craig. Do you have something to say? I mean, you're in charge I, of this show sure. now anyway, so I mean I'm, I'm not in charge of the show. <laughs> I'm I'm just we are on the live stream right now. It's on YouTube. Uh we're we're currently using my account, but next week look for us on the Arrowhead Pride YouTube channel. Usually uh, Tuesday nights around 8 o'clock. If you want to join us, kind of check everything out. See Maddie in a tank top. and Some weeks. Kent, Kent with, uh, without any beard anymore. And oh. yeah, it, it's, it's kind of... He, he looks 14, guys. I, he really looks 14. I'm just, I'm just going to get this out right now. Uh, and this segment is brought to you by my guy, Lance Twidwell, with the Casey Beard Company. <laughs> Um, yeah, see, Craig's still holding it down. So I made a, a major error yesterday. I'm here too, I had, in case you're wondering. There's, I mean, it's not like a full <laughs> Craig beard, but it's definitely far superior to what you're rocking. I mean, because I'm rocking nothing. I, uh, I was having a rough day yesterday. I got out from mowing the lawn. I was sweating like crazy. And I made the major decision to shave my facial hair off and... My kid was in there with me watching me do it oh, and no. I wiped I wiped my face down and he just looks up at me. He says, "Dad, you look weird." <laughs> and he's been literally I came I came home today from work. My my kid, I get home and normally it's like, "Daddy, I'm so excited to see you." No. "Daddy, you look weird." It is like a, it, I have I have I have ruined the opinion. I look like my child now. This a thing, little, yeah. I I have like the most baby face, baby face of all time. It is awful, and so I try to you know like as soon as it looked like I might be able to grow some semblance of facial hair, I rolled it out, and it sounds like based on the conversations I'm having with Maddie and Craig, it was working. It had some effect. I did not look like a four-year-old, this is but true. now that's gone. This is true. And to make you feel better, your kid's going to remember this forever. One of my earliest memories that I have <laughs> was my, my first week of preschool. Oh, no. And my dad picked me up one day from preschool and I got in the car and I just sat there and looked at him and we got like halfway home and I'm just staring at him and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, dad, you look really weird right now. You look like a stranger because he had got a new haircut. <laughs> For the first time in my life, he changed his hairstyle, and it was just completely different. It caught me off guard, and I still remember it to this day. So you have your entire future for your kid to remind you that he was looking in a mirror that one fateful evening when you shaved off your facial hair. 
Kent, Kent looks like Max Verstappen for the other four F1 fans. That, <laughs> what are you talking uh, I don't about? Know what that is. This podcast. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. So you're yeah. just that one just shot way over my head, and it doesn't really help either. That like. There's a little more. There's a little more. A little more gravity working underneath my chin than there was uh, the <laughs> last time I really had it. So like, I'm just rolling out a little bit extra. Are you comparing yourself to extra, a turkey currently? A little extra chin. A little extra <laughs> chin down there. I put about I don't know five, ten pounds on since I really last was rocking it. So um, yeah, uh, I think today what we're gonna do is we're just gonna go ahead and do a mailbag today. Uh, we'll save and we have another episode. We'll talk about a lot of different stuff uh, later in the week, but we're going to start the week off the Memorial Day, you know, return off with your questions. And uh, thank you so much for, you know, asking all these questions. I will just make sure uh, prayers to anyone who was affected by the tornadoes here in Kansas. Um, they were devastating. It looks like uh, I hope there's not more news out there that happens when we get out of this thing. Um, but, uh, it was really, it was really close to my parents' house. So like, I mean, this was, this was, you know, this kind of hit home too. So prayers up to everybody who, uh, who might've been affected by the tornadoes. That's, that was a, that was a scary ordeal. Um, but we're going to kick this thing off with our guy, Christian Gumminger asked a great question. If blank fill in the name here has a great year, this defensive unit for the chiefs will be great. I love this question. Craig, kick us off. I, I love it too. Uh, uh, thanks, Christian, for that one. I am going to say Charvarius Ward. Woo! I think if he has a Man, great... that was going to be my answer. <laughs> oh! I meant to say Anthony Hitchens. That was my second um, answer. Come on, Craig. Uh, <laughs> this has got to be realistic. No, th- yeah. Char- oh, come on. Tony Hitchens is going to have himself a good year. Tony, How do you keep you calling him yourself? Tony? Get him the Hitman. <laughs> Tony the Hitman. <laughs> no, uh, Charvarius Ward. If he has a great year, that means that they've got a chance to have somebody that's in the realm of a lockdown corner. He's fast enough, he's long enough, he's big enough to where him having a great year would mean that he he's kind of up in the maybe top 20 corners. A top 20 corner on this team, an actual true CB1, changes the entire way that this defense works. I mean, I know that we're very worried about what's going to happen, and I'm not even saying that Charvarius Ward is going to be that because there there's a lot of steps that he has to take to get to that point. But if he has that great year, I think they've got enough of the pieces around him that all of a sudden the entire defensive unit becomes great by, you know, by similar association, just because you don't have that hole at cornerback. Yeah, I'm with you, and he was going to be my answer. I'm going to switch now. I think Ward is a, the, probably the perfect answer, though, if we're talking about it, just because, like Craig said, that gives the Chiefs like a full lockdown. They think going to be better than Kendall Fuller was, which obviously improves the team as a whole, and it takes it in the biggest weakness of the team. So yeah, that's your answer. I'm actually going to go with Tyron Matthew, though, and I think as Chiefs fans, we've kind of got seduced a little bit by what he can do like what his top-end traits are, how good he can be, but we may be overlooking that he hasn't been the same as he was when he was at his best at Arizona. Slightly different role now, but he has to play up to that level again, and I think Chiefs fans kind of have that expectation that he's going to. And this isn't saying that he was bad last year with Houston or wasn't very good, but I think Chiefs fans kind of have this expectation that he's going to be great. He is going to be an absolute elite safety, 
And here's the thing. He's a smaller guy. He's going to be playing in the box a lot. Yes, he's very good against the run, but if he's lost a step and he's having to body up against tight ends and taking on blocks without being able to beat them to their point, that's going to be a big deal. So he just has to be as good as we expect him to be. And I think that really will have a huge impact on the defense. But if he's just good, like he was last year, I'm not sure that's going to have the same overall carryover to everybody else in the defense that we are kind of thinking. Well, I'm stuck with uh, two great options off the board per usual. Um, no, I, I think I have one. Okay. I think I'll, I'll go with this. How about Juan Thornhill? Um, the Chiefs need ball production. And with a Patrick Mahomes-led offense, a couple turnovers can go a long way in winning football games. Uh, if Juan Thornhill is able to have um, you know, some show the, the ball skills and show the ball production that he had in college and it translates to the National Football League. He's in for a great year. And, you know, if he's getting ball production, uh, the quarterback's probably being affected in some way as well. So, um, you know, I if, if Juan Thornhill winds up having a, a really good productive year uh, at, at safety, I think that goes a long way in, in helping this defense and this team win football games. Mr. C. David asks, who will be tied into coming into week one? And I like this because we haven't talked about this enough and we probably should have. Because we're getting closer and closer, will Travis Kelsey's effectiveness be delayed because of time missed for his off-season wrist surgery? To answer part two first, I don't think Kelsey's at the age in his career that he's really going to be that slowed down and how good he's going to be on the field. He's been in the league long enough. He seems to work out pretty hard in the off-season, whether it's with the team or without. And I know he can't do full activity yet, but once he can, he'll get up to speed relatively quickly. He's been in the offense. He's an elite player. I don't think he needs a ton of time. As for tight end two, I don't think it simply doesn't matter. I don't think you're going to see that much two tight end sets. It's going to be a more of a spread offense like we started to see more of last year, and that was even with Demetrius Harris, who's a very quality number two tight end, even though he had kind of stone hands. So the tight end two is going <laughs> to be Dion Yelder, I think, but I'm just not sure how much he's going to actually see the field and what kind of role he's going to play. I don't foresee that in the team as much. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I might say uh, Blake Bell could push. For a little time there, the bell does are a little I bit. I got a but... sleeper when Ken's done, too. Oh, all right. Huh, is it a well, Princeton quarterback? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Travis <laughs> Benjamin. Take or that anyway. Benjamin. Travis Benjamin at tight end. <laughs> Coming back. You can't say I John honestly, Phillips because he was literally cut I know, today. That's what I was going to say. I, I honestly thought that when they signed John Phillips, being one of the few guys over 30 on this roster, that he actually had a fairly good shot at making it just because they don't go out and get guys that are over 30 anymore. That was a weird move. It, it's a really, really odd move. There must have been something else going on there. I, I, don't, but, I believe he didn't show up for OTAs last week. So Oh, did he not? Yeah, that's all? the report. That's what... Um, that's what Yikes. I believe Matt Derrick might have said. I believe it was Matt Derrick that said that. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah, and a little bit to my chagrin, they're they're not using a second tight end. I, I just think that, that that offers a little more dynamic nature. They have enough speed that I, I understand why you want it all on the field, but I just think you can do some fun things out of 12 and 21 personnel and – I don't think they use uh, Anthony Sherman enough either, so we'll just have to see. Yeah, we're good. We're good on it. He's getting enough run, 
Sausage is getting enough run for me. Okay, well, oh, since we're talking on. about it now, More that sausage. was actually going to be my sleeper was Anthony Sherman. <laughs> and ah! not as like an inline tight end, but I think you might see more two tight end sets where he kind of plays that wing position, the sniffer role where he's kind of behind the tackle, behind the tight end. That way you can use him pulling across. He's capable in the open field. If you, I mean, we've seen it. He's got good hands in the open field. You're not going to throw him the ball on seam routes or anything like that. But as a move blocker... Nah. Well, he, ra- he did catch that vertical out of the backfield against the chargers <laughs> if you put him out there to move blocker let him get in space I think he's, he's capable so it might be something we see a little bit more of just kind of more 21 personnel with a full back Yelder Hyde stand up tight ends. but uh yeah no i it really it, <laughs> maddie's in on that so uh jack oliver casey asks what role will ben neiman play this season <laughs> man i i just don't know that Ben, Seem- ben Neiman is making the roster this season. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not sure that he is, especially after Darren Lee got added. Neiman has to make the roster basically as a Mike now. Like that that's his path to success. I don't know that they're going to carry uh, many backup positions there. I think he's competing with Gary Johnson for reps here and Gary Johnson is faster I think he's got a little higher ceiling than Ben Neiman does I just don't know that Ben has a spot on this roster I know he can play special teams and I know a lot of people like him but they they're in a position where their linebacker group actually has a lot of depth that's just that next step up maybe above Ben Neiman right now yeah, and that's the tricky part is his body is really pretty much made for the weak side linebacker, but he might not even be athletic enough to really pull that off in the scheme. So you are kind of looking at playing him as a smaller Mike, and that's assuming that he surpasses Anthony Hitchens, Dorian O'Daniel, Darren Lee, just all these other guys that kind of have higher ceilings. I would say because of his specialty value, maybe he is in competition with Dorian O'Daniel to kind of be that last linebacker that's going to see some playing time but mostly out there for special teams play like that's where i could really see him but then that means you're kind of giving up on your third round pick of last year which would not be a great look for brett veach and dorian daniel is just infinitely more athletic so that's why i lean towards him but that's really the only spot i can see him taking just based on his body frame and athletic profile yeah his uh his body frame uh craig didn't you see him in the chief's locker room when you were down there Ben Neiman looks a little bit like a punter, guys. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just a little bit. I, uh, hey, listen, I, I like Ben. I like his work ethic, his motor, everything about him. But he, he does not have a ton of bulk. I, lo- I look like a punter too, but I'm not trying to play linebacker for the Chiefs. But no, you look like a 14 year old race car driver. Yeah, that, you're not wrong. <laughs> so like a punter. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: you did, you said something interesting, Maddie. And I don't disagree. Like, there's a lot of linebacker depth on this team now. But the weird part is, it's probably the biggest question mark on this defense, too. Like, they have a mm-hmm. lot of guys. That's only because you sleep on well, Reggie Ragland. I, I, will sleep, I will sleep on him if, if he holds that weight down. And, you know. Listen, listen to Matty Lane coming back to the Reggie Hive after no. trash talking him all year long. You should My be shunned, Matty. You should stay out of there. Craig, let's not pretend like you were not in the same boat as the he, year went along. Do I need to pull up the DMs and make them public about keeping hit my man um, out of Mexico? No. Uh, I never I, wavered, I just never guys, ever. I as my son. 
<laughs> Mobile Bass asks, what if Mahomes does not take a, p- a huge payday when his contract is re-signed? If he does not... Uh, if he does that to win instead of making money like some of the QBs. Okay. I'm just going to say this right now. That is not going to happen. I just want to make sure everybody's expectations are set correctly. Patrick Mahomes is not going to take a team friendly discount to win a ring. I know Tom Brady does that, but sort of, it's nearly not. And he's also, you know, he's got a, here's some quarterback slander. I think Bob Kraft has something in the Cayman Islands set up for him anyway. Um, but well, let's not forget that his wife makes more than he does as well. They, so it's okay. Not like they're thank hurting. you for, you know what? I normally go last on all these questions and I had a take. It was ready. And then <laughs> Maddie still jumps in and takes it. Guys, did you know that Tom, Listen, this is a live show. We got to okay, play on our toes. Tom Brady's married to Giselle and head on a swivel. Patrick Mahomes what? is not married to Giselle. I know his girlfriend has a lot of, of projects she's working on. She's she's building a brand herself, but Giselle is well well far ahead of her from a financial perspective. She's got a lot of money. She makes more than Tom Brady does. It's a completely different it's a completely different setup. I'm not even gonna this let you is the, I'm literally even, the first time I've heard this on on this podcast. Yeah, Ken. What? I, that I Giselle makes known. more than Tom Brady. I never would have known without you telling me, Ken. See? So continue on. You're welcome. I wonder if she still makes more than... She probably still does. But yeah. I know. You're I, welcome, Matthew. I'm, I'm here for... I have I have some value still to this this show. I did want to touch on the mobile bass. Uh, okay. I, I don't know if it's bass. Oh, like mobile bass? Okay. That, that was really worth stopping the podcast I, for. I want to do the guy... I wanna, <laughs> listen, I want this man to ask questions or a woman... I want Mobile Base Bass to come back and ask more questions. I would appreciate getting their name right. We don't want another Keith McClain clean, whatever you wanted to go with. Pigskin Nut right? Chief asks. <laughs> hey, hang on, hang on. I got, I got a quick take. I got a quick take on this. Uh-oh. It's not just that Patrick Mahomes wants that money. Uh-oh. If If Lee Steinberg takes less money than that, Lee Steinberg has other agents come out and talk to all his clients and say, hey, listen, that dude didn't do what was best for that other dude. He takes money out of other people's pockets. All of a sudden, Lee Steinberg starts to lose that. Even if Patrick Mahomes said, well, I want to take less. Lee Steinberg is going to say, no, you can't take less. I got to do my job too. There's no, no way that Patrick Mahomes takes a sweetheart deal not only because he, he wants to win rings in the future, he's already going to win rings on his rookie deal. So Woo. they're just going to need to pay him anyway. All right, I'm going to jump in here. Do you guys think that? Uh-huh. Do you guys think that Patrick Mahomes gets the Russell Wilson reported asked for deal where he gets a percentage of the cap Ooh. and not a hard number? I could see it. Um, I don't know how that <clears throat> makes. Sense. I don't know how that works from a con- from a negotiation standpoint, though. Did re- I think it would just take a team deciding to offer it, to be honest. I mean, that's what Russell Wilson reportedly asked for, so I don't know what fell apart with them and why he didn't take it, but it feels like that's got to be where you're heading to. That would be smart, especially since the collective bargaining agreement would theoretically be up uh, during his contract. I will also add to this, um, because I do have another piece of information that... Ooh. Well, I don't know if it's information. It's just a take. Uh, Patrick Mahomes during the tornado was was in his playbook in his basement. That man is committed to football. He ain't taking a cut on his deal. 
That man, he is he's a perfect teammate. He's a perfect quarterback, and he's everything you wanted, but he still is not taking a, a team-friendly discount. That's just not happening. Pigskin Nut Chief asks, besides Chris Jones and Frank Clark, who will have the most sacks in 2019? Ooh, this is a fun question because they can come from so many different spots on this team. I almost want to pick somebody off the defensive line just because there is going to be that many opportunities. My only qualm with that is going to be trying to predict who out of everybody, whether it's going to be your Sam, a safety, another blitzing linebacker. So I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go with the guy getting the next most snaps. It's going to be Alex Ogafor. I think he wins the starting job. He's going to get some effort sacks as Chris Jones, Frank Clark demand more attention. I think that that's a pretty safe bet. I am going to go with Honey Badger. Knew it. I, I predicted that he would have four sacks uh, this offseason. I, I kind of put a little chart out with all that. I predicted he would have four sacks after watching more and more and more spags and seeing how often Landon Collins got QB hits, got pressures, got, you know, got into the backfield and created havoc. I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility for Honey Badger to clear five sacks. If he clears five sacks, he's got a shot at third on the team. You're not wrong. Uh, both of you asked or gave great answers. Uh, I'm going to give something funny. Oh, boy. No, no I don't I no, don't have anything. Don't do it. I'll just, don't do it. I was going to say like Reggie Ragland, but... <laughs> we, got, we got a good one from the chat. Dakota Thomas, uh, Breland Speaks, will have the most sacks of cheeseburgers. <laughs> I thought he was just going to go with the most snacks, but I also like sacks of cheeseburgers. Big five guys guy. Well, we're going to let everybody have a snack break here, and uh, we'll take a break here. We'll be right back with more questions after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Coach Donnie asks, or Couch Donnie asks, really, really great job there, Kent. Do you think Byron 
Pringle plays a bigger role and may make the 53-man roster. Maddie, I'm teeing you up for this one. I Please keep it in under, under in a half hour. That'd be great. Absolutely, Byron Pringle makes the 53. And yeah, I think he's going he's gonna to get kind of the Demarcus Robinson year, I think year three Demarcus Robinson kind of production and role. Like if he had, there's some injuries, you'll see his stats go up. But he's going to get that kind of playing time where he's not going to play a ton of snaps in a game until you get an injury, but he's going to get spots here and there. And I really like Byron Pringle's ability to run vertical routes. And I think that's something the Chiefs could really use if Tyreek Hill misses some time. He's fast. He's not the fastest guy, but he's got good size to go with good speed, but he really knows how to leverage his vertical routes. So I'm really excited to see him and Pat get to work together again because that's where he was doing most of his damage at camp and in the preseason was getting downfield. So I think he's a perfect fit for this offense. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have at least some early success when Tyreek Hill is not able to play, assuming he doesn't. Especially if Nicole Hardman's, you know, struggling to come along a little bit in the early going. You know, it's a lot on his plate to learn the Andy Reid playbook. Andy Reid has had Pringle in there now for a year, so I think he's just got a little more experience and exposure to all of that. Plus, Pringle, I think, can be a really kind of key special teamer as well. I think he's going to get plenty of reps. He's going to be on the active roster. They've got to have another wide receiver out there with Tyreek Hill missing. So he's got just as good of a shot at playing a big role as anybody else. And he was trending in the right direction during training camp in the preseason too. Like that's something like he he showed up a little bit, especially that last game. I saw a couple of plays during training camp. He looked pretty strong at the catch point too. So, um, you know, I think I think uh, he would he, he has a chance. He definitely has a chance. I think he probably will wind up making the fifty three man roster. I'm more intrigued by him as a pass catcher than I am Garrick Dieter, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. um, I would not mind. Oh, I thought you were going to say McCole Hardman. Well, okay, I, I, we can we can tone down the slander for one day, <laughs> maybe. Actually, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna make a comment about that video that the Chiefs posted on Twitter today of him catching a ball against Air. I'm sure, but um, I just did it for you. Look, we've had three weeks of offensive and defensive camp. They're not really playing team stuff, but they're doing offense versus defense drills, like not full teams, but single players, cornerback, wide receiver matchups. You haven't seen Nicole Hardman catch a passing on a DB yet. You've seen two routes versus air from Thanksgiving. Okay, made he public. did catch one in rookie minicamp where he pulled the ball away from the defender in the red zone. Rashad Fitton. So, yeah. Over Rashad Fitton. That doesn't count, though. <laughs> wow, I'm very negative. Brandon422 asks, is Mark Fields capable of becoming cornerback four? Any other young undrafted free agents have a better chance? I tell you one who doesn't have a chance of being cornerback four, Craig, is Rashad Fenton. Anyways, continue with <laughs> My goodness. No, he's Mark fine. Fields, Jesus. Yeah. Rashad Fenton is going to be fine. He's probably going to have a shot at making the active roster. Mark Fields has just as good a shot at anybody at making that. He's got the talent. He's got the ability. He just needs to keep his head screwed on straight. He needs to make sure that he's doing everything by the book, by the way that they all want him to do things. And I think that he's got a shot to do that. I know I've said several times, this locker room is the locker room if he's going to get it done. Honey Badger is going to be so far up his ass about everything that he could potentially be doing wrong that I think that he's got a shot to do that. And his talent level just brings him up above so many other people. I don't think that outside of maybe Fenton, there's another guy that's making this roster Ooh. You know, that could be an undrafted or late round guy. Maybe DeMontre Wade, but that's that's basically it. Does Keith Reeser count here? 
No, mm. I know. I'm kind of nah. including him kind of in the mix, I guess, but yeah. Okay. I just, I, he said UDFA, not right AAF. Now, I'm leaning right now that it's going to be Keith Reeser and Mark Fields kind of battling for that fourth CB spot. And you're going to have some guys that may have more special teams value, like Tremont Smith or Rashad Fenton, that are going to be in the mix too, that may even be listed higher just because of that ability. But if you need a full game starting cornerback, like that you're to your fourth one, I think those are going to be your two lead candidates. My one question with Mark Fields, though, is his footwork for SPAG system specifically, he has a little bit of wasted movement at the beginning of almost every single rep. And it's a little hop forward, and he needs to. And the way Spags has his corners play, as Craig's going to go into much more detail on in the coming weeks, there's a lot more of a shuffle technique that requires you to gain depth. Mark Fields does the opposite, and it worked <laughs> in college. I'm not 100% sure it's going to be as good in the NFL. Now, he can easily break that by all means. His talent is plenty good enough, but that's just my one concern with CBD for right now. What they need to do with him, real quick, Kent, before you bomb in, just put some stakes up. <laughs> and put like a rubber band across right in front of him and just have him do drills right in front of that. He'll learn in a hurry. You gotta hop forward and he's gonna plant right on his face every single time. Hey, but if you hurt him, he might get mad at your coaching staff. Oh, that's true. That's, I I was gonna say, the only thing keeping Mark Fields from becoming cornerback four is probably Mark Fields. Yeah. I mean. And Keith Reeser, AAF legend. Yeah, I mean, when you're going up against a guy like Keith Reeser, who is like the Revis of the AAF. I mean, it's it's a tall order, but um, yeah, no, I think Mark Fields. Like, it's never going to be a question about talent with him. It's whether or not he can do what it takes to be a professional. And if he can, the Chiefs got a very good hashtag lottery ticket, which started last week with Craig's article about Mark Fields. And uh, eventually we'll get one about Cody Thompson, and, <laughs> and we got one about James James Williams today. Maybe uh, J Moore or J W Moore with several O's. I had to had to read that. Asked uh, over under Damien Williams a thousand yards rushing. I'm going to take the under. Uh, if you gave me all purpose yards, I would take the over uh, of a thousand yards on Damien Williams. Yeah, I'm the exact same. Uh, Nothing more to add. <laughs> yeah, under. I think Carlos Hyde, Darwin Thompson steal enough carries in different parts of games that it's going to be hard to get to that 1,000 mark. Okay, Indiana Ryan asks, are you surprised at some of the free agents still available, including Eric Berry? Um, Not really. I think every year you get some good veteran free agents, especially aging guys that kind of hold out. They're trying to avoid the camp stuff. They're trying to get the perfect fit. So your Michael Crabtrees, or even your uh, Ziggy Ansas that signed kind of late. Stuff like that happens every year. I'm not surprised Eric Berry's left. I think he still thinks he's worth top flight money, and I think he's finding out that teams don't think he is based on his recent history with injuries and whatever else you want to call it. So no, nah, not real surprised anyone's still out there. I think as you start to get farther into camp and more injuries come, some of these vets are going to start coming off the board. Like you've already seen San Francisco riders ask for Eric Berry with Jimmy Ward's injury, even though it doesn't seem too serious. Stuff like that's going to pop up and start knocking these guys off. Yeah, and I think maybe the only guy that really confuses us a little bit and it's the second year in a row is Trey Boston. Trey Boston (laughs) seems to just continuously have good, solid years 
on the last year of his contract. And maybe they're just people just worried about him from a contract standpoint. But this is now the second year in a row we're really late into the process, and he does not have a team. Okay, so um, I'm going to try to be delicate here. Um, Eric Berry, I think you're seeing the realities of the situation the farther we get away from the regular season. He has had a deathly silent offseason. He has had a deathly silent you know, free agency. It has been a visit to the Dallas Cowboys that looks more and more like, like I, what came out of that? Like, not, no, gen, no buzz generated since then. Nothing. I mean, it is deathly silent. Are we sure Eric Berry is going to play? And then you look at, I was thinking about this the other day. The Chiefs moved on from expensive veterans that were supposed to be leading this defense last year. Eric Berry, Justin Houston. They replaced it directly with a safety and an edge to hold this defense accountable, to hold this defense accountable. I think the farther away we get from this, it's going to look worse and worse for guys like Justin Houston and Eric Berry because they desperately needed accountability and the two most vocal, aggressive leaders of this defense are the edge and the safety possession who, position who they had high-paid players on the roster last year. And... I think that's telling. I think Eric Berry's lack of interest across the league is very telling. Whether it's injury history, which if that's the case, then the Chiefs made the right move. If it's taking him that long to even get interest, then the Chiefs made the right move. It's There's no doubt about it. The Chiefs did the right thing in managing this situation at the edge position and at the safety position. And guess what? This defense looks pretty good now. I'm pretty excited about it. Except for the cornerback position. They need corner. Speaking of they which... Need corner. But... I, they've done okay is that, is that the next question it is the next question well uh it's two questions two. away but we'll just cut to that chief lutz asks will there be a new cornerback on the roster come september yes unquestionably i don't i don't think that there's a way that they can go in with this group and and be comfortable and they've kind of given you tips along the way that they're still looking a little bit i just think it's quiet right now because they just yeah, because of the June 1st deadline, I think we'll see a little more activity after that happens. I think we'll certainly see them at least pick up somebody in roster cut downs, you know, once we get to camp and things like that. So we'll get a better idea as that goes along. But they didn't go out of their way to try and target an early cornerback, and they don't have anybody really on the roster that's really worth much or shown much in the NFL so far in 2020. They can't try and just rebuild an entire position next offseason, so they will certainly be at least somebody brought in, I think, before September. 100% agree. I think everything the Chiefs have shown you and told you this offseason has been, hey, we need help at corner. They signed Rashad Vreeland. They didn't sign him for a long-term deal. They clearly see him as a, not even necessarily a stopgap, just a guy they want in the building for a year to see what he does because it's not even like it's a high base salary kind of deal. Kendall Fuller hasn't been re-signed yet. Whether they do or don't, it hasn't been done yet. There's not a ton of trust. They don't feel like they need to lock him down right now. They've brought in Ronald Darby. They brought in Darquez Denard. They had a visit with just about every cornerback that's going to go in the top 100 of the draft. They're looking at corners. They have been looking at corners. And I know some people really love Traverius Ward. We talked about it at the top here. But here's the thing. He's still a big risk. I know people want to love the Seattle game because he got beat by a lot of great throws. But here's the thing. He still got beat. 
I get it. You can't do anything about a perfect throw, but when that happens four, five, six times in one game, maybe it's not a perfect throw every time. Maybe he just wasn't playing it quite as good as you thought. Maybe he didn't find the ball early enough. Maybe he let the receiver get better position than he should have. Little things like that. And it's not like he played four games at that level. There was one game that he had some pretty good tape on that he just got beat a bunch. You can't go into the next season and be like, hey, look, we have two solid games and this one game where we think he was good but got beat. This is a guy that we're 100% into. We're 100% on board. So just there's nothing for next year. There's not even that great of a crew for this year. You have to add somebody. I have no idea who it'll be, but you need someone. Maddie took my take. Got you. I was going <laughs> to add that, I mean, if you look at 2020... Uh, their roster is very barren. Uh, and Traverius Ward, like, there's some indicators there to be excited about. Don't get us wrong. I think we're interested and excited to see what he has. But you can't lean on him and say, this is the guy. We are, we are, you can't change, you know, what you're trying to do with that position because of Traverius Ward, you know? So, and then you add the fact that 2020, it's. I think Charvarius Ward it might in Tremont Smith might be the only cornerbacks under contract in 2020. So Mark Fields, Rashad Fenton. How dare you? Uh, okay, uh, guys who count. Uh, Mark Fields definitely, <laughs> but oh. I'm Rashad Rashad Mitten. But um, he, he's making the roster. He's making the roster. I hope so. I hope he plays well. I hope that she's get a steal. Um, Thomas. Figener, Figener, I, it's, I'm sorry, it's a hard name. I spelled it wrong too. Uh, it's not Fijanra the E and the R transposed because uh, I was in a rush. Uh, how many games will Sammy last before the inevitable injury? Well, um, I think he's gonna. I, I, I don't know how many he'll last before the injury, but it won't be a season ender. Uh, he'll play 13 to 14 games this year. I'm feeling pretty optimistic and then be ready for the playoffs. So he might miss a couple, but uh, just so you know, Sammy Watkins had 200 receiving yards in the playoffs. So all the haters out there can just back off a little bit. I know he was struggling with some injuries, but that dude, he made an impact and he's going to be a valuable piece to this roster. Even if it's for, let's see here, three playoff games, 17 of the 19 games that they win. Whoops. Whoops. I was gonna say nineteen. Thanks, thanks for that, Kent. Nineteen. Oh, did 19 I steal games. your take? He's he's gonna play nineteen games, and what? he he's lighter. He's built a little better this year. I, I think his approach to the game is a lot different than it has been, and a year in Andy's system. Like I said about Byron Pringle earlier, the understanding, the ability to go out there and just kind of do it like it's a little more second nature will definitely help him. I. I think Sammy Watkins is primed to have a, a real big year. Man, 19's bold. You guys don't think when we're sitting there at 15-0 and 0 and he's resting the starters? Come on. He's playing 18 Woo! out of 19 games. Sammy's got incentives to hit. What are you talking oh, about? He's hitting them in week he five. He hits them by week 12, am I right? <laughs> Let's go. But uh, in reality, I mean, there's no way for me to predict when Sammy Watkins is going to get injured, but I think it's likely that he misses a couple games, yes. But I think he's going to be very good in the games that he does play. And so much fact that as long as he's getting 12 plus games and then healthy for the playoffs, I don't think it matters if he's going to be as good as I kind of think that he's going to be. Junction 413 asks, what undrafted free agent will have the biggest impact on this team? Oh, we're going to go with Mark Fields because I think it's the weakest position. Uh, No, scratch that. Pull that one back. It's Cody Thompson. 
we're getting the wide receiver love out there. Mm. Cody Thompson's coming in. He's going to play. It may not be a huge impact. I'm not sure there's a ton of space for undrafted free agents to make a big impact this year. But Cody Thompson catching a touchdown or two in the absence of a Sammy Watkins injury or Tyreek Hill missing some games would definitely class. I could see happening, and I think he can win some playing time there given the receivers that we have. Yeah, it, it's Mark Fields for all the reasons that we talked about earlier. It, it, he just he's got the best shot at making it, and he's got the talent to do so. I'm going to take a cop out answer and just pick Andrew Wiley because he was an undra- <laughs> he was an undrafted free agent. So, no, um, I'll just give me James Williams, Booby, uh, just because I want to give you know a, a different you know a different look here. Uh, he's got the pass catcher traits. I do think he's a pretty smart kid. Um, I think he has an understanding of you know of uh, of of playing out of the backfield. He is not good as a pass protector. And he weighs 197 pounds, and I don't see him holding up in that regard. But he understands what's happening on the field, and that has value. Um, that definitely does have value. Um, so I think, you know, he, he's very natural as a pass catcher. And if the Chiefs really do desire that trait, uh, then he's he makes a lot of sense. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the AP Laboratory. Actually, it's just the first half because we got one coming later this week. Make sure you give us a five-star review if you like the show. If you do not, please give us a five-star anyway. That'd be great. Much love. We will catch you guys later.